Hello and welcome to the Investing on the Go podcast. Today I'm joined by Jeremy Gleason, the Elite Rated Manager of the AXA Frannington Global Technology Fund. Thanks for joining us today, Jeremy. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, Jeremy, it's it's been a bit of an up in the year for technology um, as we sit here in early December. Um, but once again, um, tech has outperformed. Um, do you think the reopening inflation fears have been overdone? Uh, or is technology simply so entrenched in our lives uh, today that it's it's maybe a sector for all, for all economic environments now? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, it has been a good year for returns for the technology sector, but it doesn't feel like it's been a good year for returns yes. for the technology <laughs> sector. It's um it's been pretty challenging this year. Um, the you know the, the persisting uncertainties around the pandemic and lockdowns and reopenings, uh, coupled to that with market rotations taking place, growth and value. Um, interest rate rise discussions, um, the regulatory environment, especially in China, um, have, have all contributed to making it a very volatile year. Um, we've had very good returns, but um, it certainly felt like we've worked hard for them this mm-hmm. year, more than maybe some other years. We think that technology is very much entrenched in our lives, um, both at home and at work, and increasingly those two places are the same for many people. Um, and I often hear the comment, actually, that, um, you know, that I can't imagine what lockdown would have been like without all this technology to help us along. So certainly very much entrenched. Um, and the sector is far more resilient than it was, say, 20 years ago. And why is the sector so um, more resilient now? Is, is that just because the companies are maturer, that, that, you know, there's, there's more cash flows and things? Proven technology, um, which has been broadly adopted by just hundreds or thousands of people, but millions of people. Um, And these companies are profitable, generating cash, have very strong balance sheets. So, um, you know, we think think that um, the sector is good, in very good shape, but there are going to be cycles when technology might not be in favor. Um, And ultimately, um, that makes us feel more certain that our long-term approach to investing in the sector is, is a good one to have. You know, identifying long-term trends and themes and the best quality companies that benefit from those themes um, and then investing in those companies over the longer term. Yeah, and I know you have a long-term approach, but do you have any view on how tech will do next year or is, is that not something, you, not something you even think about? Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's always difficult to to know exactly what sort of mood the market's going to wake up um, in on the 1st of January. Um, but, you know, we think that we're in the process of another wave of adoption of technology, which has been driven by the need for companies to embrace the digital economy and how they engage with customers and partners and their employees, which is supported by advances in cloud computing um, and the proliferation of semiconductors in, into all manner of end markets. And you've actually got quite a good backdrop for the technology sector going into 2022. Um, but we are mindful that, um, that whilst the fundamentals of the businesses we invest in remain strong, that valuations aren't as cheap as they were five years ago. Um, and so we could well see the continued volatility a little bit like this year. Um, as we as we go into and play through 2022, uh, and your portfolio is heavily skewed towards the US, um, as to be expected. But um, but you've got nothing in Japan 
for example, which is perhaps a little surprising given Japan's history of innovation or automation. Um, why, why is there nothing there? Is, it, is, is there anything on your radar? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting observation um, because, as you say, you know, Japan's got a lot of history in technology. And even today, they remain a leader in automation. Um, and they, these are more industrial companies who make those big robots that you see in car manufacturing plants. Um, however, a lot of the technology investment opportunities in Japan lie within conglomerates. Um, so as an investor, if you want to get exposure to one specific area of technology, if you buy those conglomerates, you end up getting exposure to a whole variety of other businesses as well. Um, so you end up diluting your exposure. Um, so for example, um, Toshiba, um, which has historically been a, a solid Japanese technology company, um, have exposure to power generation. So you're not getting that pure approach. So we find it easier to find or identify pure technology companies outside of Japan. Um, and we have actually found some richer pickings by looking elsewhere in Asia, such as Taiwan and South Korea. Um, but ultimately, your observation about the U.S. exposure is, is correct. Um, it has been U.S. technology companies that have been the most successful at commercializing the opportunities on a global scale when it comes to the technology sector. And uh, you're a big fan of the semiconductor space um, at the moment. Um, has the supply of these parts picked up yet? Um, or does that actually help the space, the fact that there's this constraint and such high demand? Um, that's, that's partly why they're able to make such strong returns at the moment, some of these companies. Yeah, we've had a we've had a thesis for the for the semiconductor uh, sector, which has kind of been playing out for the last ten years plus. Um, and you know, the, the shortages that industry is seeing at the moment is really as a result of um, a, a, a long ten year cycle where enough capacity has been added to meet the type of demand that's coming through now. Um, but part of that has been a result of the ordering patterns from some of the industries that buy semiconductors today. So particularly the automotive market, the, the auto industry, um, car manufacturers slammed on the brakes on ordering components in early 2020, um, and then tried to wrap up ordering um, later on in the year. Um, and the semiconductor industry just doesn't work like that. Um, you know, in terms of manufacturing, um, these are long-term projects to build new manufacturing facilities. Um, so whilst the semiconductor industry is adding more capacity, it takes a while for that capacity to come on board. So, you know, we, we think um, demand and supply will get into better balance, um, but it's not going to happen overnight. And I think we're going to sort of continue to enjoy some very good returns from our semiconductor companies. Um, for the foreseeable future. Um, in the, this year in particular, companies like Qualcomm, Marvell, and AMD have been particularly good returns. Uh, and what, what opportunities are you finding in technology that plays into the climate change? Um, yeah, so you, what you're not going to find in the Global Technology Fund is direct exposure to, say, solar panels. Um, we, we, we largely think that's some of these areas are quite commodity-like, um, low margins, low pricing power, and it's not really of interest to us. Um, but um, actually flipping back to your previous question, which is regards to semiconductors, we do find that a lot of semiconductor manufacturers are providing components and solutions 
to make a wide variety of devices more efficient, um, one of which obviously is the cars. Um, with the shift taking place towards electric vehicles, um, cars now contain a significantly higher number of chips compared to those cars that have combustion engines. So uh, companies like On Semiconductor, which we have an investment in, is a play there. Um, and um, also, they're making, making devices smarter. So, for example, power meters, um, enabling them to connect um, via communication solutions um, like from the likes of Silicon Labs to enable them to sort of feed back power usage on a, on a real-time basis um, to allow sort of uh, more, um, more efficient metering, uh, more efficient billing. Um, that's another way of getting exposure to some of those climate change themes as well. Um, so thinking about some of the newer technologies out there now, are you finding any opportunities uh, in things like blockchain or AI or virtual reality, uh, or is it too early for you? I, I know you prefer to invest in more established uh, technologies. Yeah, so I mean, we continue to keep an eye on all of, all of those innovations, amongst others. Um, but I would say that our overall exposure is somewhat limited um, at the moment, as we prefer to invest in more proven companies who are enabling some of these potentially great innovations to happen, rather than in, in some of the pure play companies, which are more, you know, uh, blue sky, greenfield, whichever sort of um, way you want to describe them. So, I mean, for example, if you, if you look at those those innovations that you mentioned, um, we have an investment in a company called Cadence Design Systems, who provide electronic design automation software for the semiconductor industry. And it's their, um, it's their digital signal processing IP or their DSP IP, their intellectual property, which has been used in many of the virtual reality headsets out there on the market. So, you know, they are to some extent being able to monetize the opportunity through that. Um, and we've got exposure to companies like Salesforce.com and Five9, who are software companies who are incorporating artificial intelligence into their software to help their customers make decisions on a more efficient basis. Um, so we do have exposure to those innovations, but maybe not sort of the, um, in the, in the sort of screaming, the obvious way. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's all about sort of getting, getting, getting exposure to through companies who already have a, a strong established business model and this is just going to through or add extra value, extra growth to these businesses over time. Uh, and finally, what do you think is the best tech tech um, gadget for Christmas this year? <laughs> uh, you, you'll be surprised at how many times I get asked that question at this time of year. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I always struggle to answer it as well. Um, I think the AirPods and the Apple Watch are fantastic gadgets. Um, I also think that their, their air tags are a great idea for a present for anybody who keeps losing their keys. Um, so, you know, if, 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 if you know somebody or somebody in your family has a habit of having to ask you all the time, have you seen my keys? I think an air tag is a great present for them. Um, I think there's so many great, gadgets out there um, regards to the health industry now. So if you've yeah. got, um, if, you, if, you're, if you want to buy a present to somebody who is active, um, there's some great health monitoring and tracking devices. Um, 
And also, you know, the other thing I would always say is uh, golf gadgets are always a big win to me. Um, although I find that the more golf gadgets I get, the few excuses I have um, for playing bad golf. Uh, very good. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Jeremy. That's been very interesting. So, yeah, you're welcome once again. Um, always enjoy doing these podcasts with you. Thank you very much. Thanks. And if you'd like to learn more about the Axe of Framington Global Technology Fund, please visit fundcaliber.com. And please also remember to subscribe to the Investing on the Go podcast. Please remember we've been discussing individual companies to bring investing to life for you. It's not a recommendation to buy or sell. The fund may or may not still hold these companies at your time of listening.